So it's been two days since capturing my uncle. He's had his personal talks with Riata, and I feel as if that had softened him up enough for me to get the information I needed. I'd been spending a lot of my time and energy in preventing this apocalypse, but still, there was a lot to do. Exhaustion had already become a part of me when it was time to appear in public. Fortunately, we could use a certain Earth technology. This is Nidak, my adventure. Written down in a better way than I can tell it. Episode 58 Alpha Mu Rho Blackie appeared above the square market. Nidak balanced atop her back, feet tucked under a rope circling the dragon's body. The black scales glittered with their iridescence, providing a shimmering display of colors riding the waves of the gliding, elegant movements of flight. For a moment, Nidak allowed herself to enjoy the freedom of the air rushing past her face, before touching her right ear, or rather, the earpiece sitting there, serving as a walkie-talkie. This is Alpha. Is everyone in place? Over. She let it go and looked down. They flew too high up to be able to make any distinctions among the crowd on the square. Mu here. I am in position. It is all clear. The object is delivered. Milia's voice changed pitch. Really, do we have to talk like this? I would prefer to say it as it is. Your PPW is in front of me and ready for you to come. It is already difficult enough to pretend as if this way of communication is normal. Over. This is Ro. Riata's old voice sounded amused. Moo, stick to the alternatives. We do not want people around you to eavesdrop. All my people are in position as well. The guards seem oblivious of their presence so far. I am quite pleased with our code names and organized way of working. It is wonderful. From what you would have told me yesterday and the day before, Earth sounds like a magical place. And these, how did you call them again? Walkie-talkies? Prove it. Over. Alpha. Not magic, only technology. The real magic is here, on this world. That made her think of Aba, who had once said people called this world, world. The memory of it made her smile a little, and Nedek wondered if she stood among the many on the square. Nedek had tried to find a way to get in touch with her, to see if her father had told her anything. As an active member of the Order of the End, he would have heard rumors about the disappearance of Yodak, if there were any. It would have been interesting to know just how much the Order's members knew. Let's be glad the walkie-talkies work here, because there is a randomness in the way Earth technology works here. Over. Bro. It is all in the eye of the beholder. It feels magical enough. 
How far did you get in your mission last night? Over. Neda grimaced. The day after she captured Yodak, he'd eventually, after plenty of prodding from Rietta, given her the locations of all the hiding spots of the Zlurp army on Earth. With both having the line of skipping, it enabled him to somehow share the intuitive knowledge of where to skip without being slept. The slapping thing had been a creation purely by her aunt Krydek. Over the past few days, Nedak had been skipping to all of the Zlurps on Earth to remove them and recruit. Yodak hadn't lied when he said they'd been spread all over the world. They called all their hiding spots schools and attempted to educate these creatures by making them watch popular TV shows for their specific region and worldwide well-known shows and movies. At least that solved the mystery of why the Zlurp who'd captured Nadek in the Blurg woods had quoted from Alo Alo, although even Yodak couldn't explain why. To get the Zlurps to listen to her, she had to throw a bunch of quotes at them in a specific order. I'm the king of the world. May the force be with you. My mama always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Inconceivable. To infinity and beyond. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. There's a new sheriff in town. After that... They were all hers, and she could skip them, away from threatening Earth. She always left them by saying, I'll be back. Alpha here. I still have many more to go. I'm confident I'll get them today. An uneasiness settled in her bones alongside deep weariness. She had been skipping a massive amount these past days. Hopefully it wouldn't affect performing the prophecy's miracle the next day. The more she dwelt on her exhaustion, the more she felt it, so she forced herself to focus on the current activity. Let's do this. Moo, are you feeling alright? Mistress? Oh, I mean, Moo here? Yes, I am good. Yes, I am good. Blackie's tail and took care of my little scratch. Alpha, moo, we all know it was more than just a scratch, but I'm glad you're fine. If only I'd managed to free the others as well. Hopefully they're still safe in the dungeons. I can feel the tracker. Is the area clear? Over. Moo. All clear and ready for you. Over and out. Unhooking her feet from the rope, Nedek took a deep breath. To her surprise, it held steady, contradicting the tickles in her tummy. Here I go, she mumbled, partly for herself and partly for Blackie. She jumped off the dragon's back. Despite numerous practice sessions, it took her a frightening few seconds, during which she plummeted to the ground at a bone-breaking speed to move against the pressing airflow. She pointed her thumbs towards each other as they guided her knees in the perfect skipping movements. 
The gasps and shouts from below grew closer, but she smiled as she felt the energy build up. The yells changed into questions of, where did she go? And one familiar voice saying, the eagle has landed. As she appeared on the ground, on top of her richly coloured fabric, she removed her halibut from underneath. She removed her halibut from underneath it and sidestepped off, lengthening the shaft of her weapon. Milia picked the fabric up, shook it out and attached it around Nadek's neck like the cape it was supposed to be. How's my hair? She mumbled to Milia, who looked her over with a critical eye. Perfect, mistress. Milia beamed at her. Even though Nadek had braided her own hair in the royal way countless of times, without knowing it to have that significance, Amelia had insisted on doing it for her. She'd done a perfect job. Nadek's hairdo had never before felt so solid and immovable. More than that, she'd somehow managed to find glittery stuff making the three French braids sparkle to bring more attention to them. Princess Ishu? Nidak turned towards the hesitant voice. Others around her picked up the question. The one who'd spoken first grabbed at Nidak's free hand. It was stopped by a man standing next to Amelia, one of the Truth Companion's people. Nidak saw four others, similarly burly men, positioning themselves around her to stop a growing number of people from closing in. She nodded to the man in front of her to let go of the woman's hand. He hesitated. It's all right, just stay guarded, Nidek said. When the man, her personal guard, she supposed she could call him, let the woman's wrist go, she hesitated for a fraction of a heartbeat before dropping on one knee. This time she asked permission before reaching towards Nidak's free hand. She cupped it within her own two hands, almost reverently. In a hoarse voice, almost unhearable above the surrounding murmurs, she said, My world shattered when our true queen and king disappeared. I lost all hope, but you bring it back. I will forever only stand behind the issue royalty. With this, I swear fealty. Thank you, Nidak replied, not certain what else to say. Others began lining up behind the kneeling woman. This was not how Nidak had wanted to do this. She had pictured the event as strolling through the crowd, people passing for her, waving and smiling, but not this. Please, um, good woman, get up, she strengthened her voice. Dear people, thank you for your loyalty, but do not queue. I am not yet queen. I would like everyone to have a chance to see me today, and the only way to do this is to walk around. Tell it forth. Let everyone stay in place. I will come to you. She whispered to the man posing as her personal guard to allow people to touch her if they tried, even though she felt awkward at the idea of that, but to make sure they didn't get too touchy. 
The man's facial expressions didn't change much, but Nera could still read the silliness of what she'd said. Of course, they would protect her. It was their new job, temporary as it may be. No one appeared to heed her words. People still continued to line up, but they didn't push on. With a glance at Melia, who gave her an encouraging smile, Nilak stepped forward. She straightened her back and pushed her shoulders backwards. She let her halberd rest on her shoulder. The cape felt like a protective blanket, helping her gain confidence. Since the line was there, she decided the easiest thing to do was to follow it to greet people. Her people, at least. She hoped most of them were her people. Why else would they line up to see her? Oh, so many other possible reasons, her mind taunted. She cut off that voice and chose to believe in the positive. At first, she shook everyone's hand. When she realized that took too long, she stopped it and let people reach out to her. Unfortunately, that only lasted until the second time someone attempted to grab her and didn't let go until force applied by one of her guards. After that, she contented herself with keeping a distance and giving nods, waves and encouraging smiles. She felt like a fraud and uncomfortable, but pushed through, repeating to herself she was supposed to get used to this. She kept walking along the line with no end in sight. It randomly circled around the square. No royal guards attempted to stop her. The truth companions were doing their tasks perfectly, it seemed. See then? She located. She located the source of the voice. Aba stood there, grinning. Neda grinned back and asked if Eva wanted to accompany her. She accepted with a graceful curtsy and fell in next to Melia. The pretend confidence slowly transferred into real confidence. She remained on guard, but the nagging feeling something was about to go wrong abated with every step and every face smiling back at her. Nedak Isho! The prim voice resounded all over the square. Nidak's positive attitude dropped away, replaced by a pressure in her chest. She looked towards the middle of the square, where the executioner's platform still stood. Yudak's colleague stood there, a cone reinforcing her words. Nidak only briefly looked at her. Miralda and Farag stood next to the woman, both with bound hands in front of them, gagged and held by one person at each shoulder. Another person, clad in black, Nedak suspected it to be the same executioner of Patat's gutsing, held a knife at each of their throats. Surrender or your people will die! Nidak stood close enough to see a small trickle of blood dripping from both throats where the knife points rested. Farenk, Milia whispered behind her. Nidak walked forward, but Milia stopped her. Mistress, no, 
You are too important. Mirek heard the tears in Melia's voice. This is a sacrifice Farenk will make. We have spoken about this. He is willing to accept his death if it means your success. I can't let people die for me. I can't accept it. Nirek choked back her own tears and shook free from Melia's hands on her shoulders. It will be fine. She yelled out. I am coming. Don't hurt them. People stepped aside for her. Where they already had an admiration glittering in their eyes before, now Nedek saw a deep respect forming. The silence cloaking the square added to the growing anticipation. When she arrived at the foot of the stairs, three royal guards attacked her, one taking her halberd, the other clutching an arm each. Her personal guard began to fight back until Nedek ordered them to stay back. They brought her face to face to the woman, who merely sneered and signaled to the executioner. He stabbed both knives at once. Nedak lost all strength in her legs as she saw the life flee from her friend's panicked eyes. You have been listening to Nedak, Chapter 58, Alpha Mu Ro. Narrated, adventured and lived through by myself, Nedag, written in a better way than I can tell it, by Astrid, Jeff. Don't go just yet, we've got bloopers coming up. Find us on Twitter at Astrid Jeff and at Nedag and Kitty. Hello, this is Astrid, just, just a tiny little message. You may have... Oh, there's cockatoos in the background. I'll just leave them for this. You may have noticed the past few episodes have been later than usual. This is due to personal things. And also, I was very happy on Saturday when I almost managed to get it out in time, except when I started recording, my mic died. Well, it just... It was already dead. Somehow during the week, it died. Mm, who knows why. Anyway, so I've been running around all weekend to try and find a solution to either make it work, which didn't help. Wow, the cockatoos are really loud. To try and make it work, but it didn't. So eventually uh, I had to buy a new microphone, which is not the best time to be spending that money. But anyway, I hope the sound is right, because this is the first time I use it. Uh, maybe you can hear a difference, maybe you can't, maybe it's worse, maybe it's better, we'll see. Anyway, this one is out. I reckon a few more chapters and we will unfortunately reach the end of Nedek. Sad face. The next episodes should all be released in time. We will see how it goes, but it's, it's, yeah. As I'm sure you're all aware, these are very strange times. You can always help your fellow isolation lonely people by sharing the podcast maybe some people like it maybe some people won't like it either way it might keep them entertained who knows anyway Astrid over and out Nedek had been skipping to all of the slurps on earth to remove them and recruit Whoop.
an uneasiness she jumped off the black and the black and black back back despite numerous practice sessions 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 now it sounds like it's not a word at all sessions hmm Despite numerous practice sessions, sessions, that sounds stupid. Thank you for your loyalty. Oh, for fuck's sake! Nidak's positive attitude dropped away, replaced by a pressure in his chest. Replaced by a pressure in his. Replaced by a pressure in her chest. Will <gasps> die. When she arrived, when she arrived at the foot, the foot, the foot of the stairs. Okay. Hectic, hectic, hectic. Fuck that ending. Oh. Hey, cookies. <laughs>